Here's the word I want you to write down. Okay? I study from uh, this one of these books. It's called um, The Mysteries of... <laughs> it's by Jonathan Kahn, K-A-H-N. And it's called The Mysteries and the... Okay, the next part leaves my mind. But it's a, it's a good daily devotional book. And he, what he does, he's a converted Jew. And so he takes the Hebrew language, which is God's language, and it's so much more than our English language. Now, praise the Lord, we have our wonderful King James Bibles. It's a great translation from the original. But when you get into the original, it's like you've stepped into a room with multiple doors. Good morning, good morning. Come in, get your cookie. And we've kind of gathered in this corner, so... So when you study from the Hebrew, um, you know, we, when we study our Bible, we naturally take, I, that's why I encourage you to study with a dictionary. For instance, it was really cute, Dave Gartee was teasing Kent, and, and Dave Gartee said, Mrs. Jackson, would you tell Kent to be nice? He's not being nice. And so I turned to Kent, and I said, be ye kind one to another. And I said, now if that doesn't work, Kent, you know, they were teasing each other. I said, make him write it. He said, yeah, Kent, write it a hundred times. You know, we take be ye kind, and we automatically know exactly what that means. But if you really want to know what God is saying about being kind, there's so much more to it than just our surface interpretation of, of kindness. It goes far, far beyond that. So when you study with a dictionary, it's like opening up a whole bunch of different doors that take you down a number of different trails, and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us will pinpoint and say, Kathy, that's why you needed this, what you're reading today. I wanted you to have, be ready to use this. I wanted you um, to be convicted about not using it. So in this new year of 2020, here's a beautiful Hebrew meaning of the word year. When I say year, we automatically think 365 days. Grab your cookie, come to this corner. Praise the Lord, look how we're filling up. I was telling the class, you know what? You do what you want to do, and we did not get the epic ice storm of historic proportions like they were predicting, like they were predicting, so that's good. What is a year? Okay, a year is 365 days, and we sing we say Happy New Year, but in Scripture, in God's language, in the Hebrew, the year, the word year, actually means, it's, it's pronounced Shana, Shana, and the secret of Shana is that it's linked to number two. It's linked to number two. In other words, it can mean the second. It can mean repeat. It can, re, it can mean duplicate. So in the Hebrew language, just to make sure I've got your brains in gear with mine, in the Hebrew language, what is the word, how do you say the word year? Shana. Okay, I think of our Shana, our James and our Shana, you know, Shanda, Shana. And it means, what is it, what is one of the meanings of the Hebrew word Shana? Two. Two. Or what? Second. Second or duplicate or repetition. Now let me tell you why, and here's the secret of it. It's so beautiful. Shana, which means duplicate or repeat, in the natural realm of the word, the year is a repetition of what has already been, okay? So this new year is a repeat, a repetition of last year, as in the seasons are a repetition, the earth moving on its axis and 
and uh, going around the sun. It's a, it's a daily repetition. It becomes a yearly. So year means the repetition of what has happened before. It's the same progression. It's flowers blooming. I planted tulip bulbs in the living room. Love it. They started out, you know, like this. They are now like this. I can't wait. But it's the repetition of life and death day after day. That's what Shauna means, a repetition. So when we say, what kind of year will it be as we step into 2020? Girls, what kind of year it will be? And we, from the definition of Shauna, it means it's going to be a repeat of last year. It's going to be a duplication of last year. Hmm. It's the nature of nature to what? Repeat. Fish begat fish. Birds begat birds. It's in their nature to begat what they are. The year begats what it is from what it was last year. It's the nature of Shauna, year. Now, when you think about what will the coming year be, um, if I were to say, okay, so what's in this new year for you? Well, based on Shauna, based on that definition, it means, well, the year is going to be like last year. It's going to be a repeat. That's in the natural realm. Now, here's the miracle of, of Shauna, of year, because it has two meanings. Not only does it mean, number two, repeat, duplicate, but it means, ready, change. Change. Totally opposite of, of the other meaning. How can one word have two meanings? Well, because in the Hebrew, God wanted us to know that in our natural self, we are just going to keep repeating. And don't you find that so? Why is a liar always a liar? He keeps repeating what he had done before, what she had done before. Why is, why is a thief always a thief? She keeps stealing because it's what she's done before. It's in her natural. Now, when we get down to the nitty-gritty of who we are naturally, and you look back at last year, is there something in last year that you don't want to repeat? Yeah. Was there an attitude? Good morning, sweetie. No boys allowed. Well, okay, I'll make an exception. <laughs> A little cool. Uh huh. They're right over there. Do you want one? Okay. <laughs> He's taking my illustration, but I have two up there just in case. So, yeah, thank you for doing that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, okay, when we look at last year, and I think of my failures or my inconsistencies or my lack of, and I'm thinking of this new year, it, I can feel in the natural realm, well, I'm just going to repeat it all again. Now, if you can put your thinking caps on to two weeks ago when we had that lesson on joy, being filled with joy, we came to a two-word phrase that I said, learn it, put it into your language, keep it in your memory banks. It was the phrase from Scripture, but God, but God. That conjunction in describing disaster and who we are naturally and how wretched I am, and then you'll find this two-word phrase, but God. But God commended his love. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God. 
See, always God dramatically places himself in between that which I cannot change and that which he so desires to do in you and me, and it's a miracle of God. And so when we say, I, I have some regrets from last year, God says, you don't have to repeat it. You don't have to keep that cycle going. I can teach you and I can change you so that you can live ready, brand new, because this is the signification of change. In the natural realm, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. We are so natural. We are so carnal. And God says, I can save you from that. I can teach you. I can teach you how to live ready, new. That is the joy and the hope and the promise of happy new year. In the word Shana, we don't have to live in repeat, in repetition. And number two, we get to live changed. Now, I'm going to give you some scripture to write down with that. That so then ties in all that God was saying when he penned the word year in the Old Testament in the Hebrew. This is the beautiful scripture. Um, let's see. Um, Elise, would you look up Romans 6, 4? And I have 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And let's see. Alice, would you look up Isaiah 43, 19? And we're going to look out, look up the different ways in which God says, no, you've got to choose. You can't just... Um, Repeat last year. You don't have to repeat last year. I've made you to be different. I've made, I've, I am here to change you to live new. So first of all, Romans 6, 4. Elise? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We get to tell the lady next to you, walk new. Tell her, walk new. Walk new. By the way... Walk new, you know, walk in new. There's so much in the New Testament, but walking in the spirit, not walking in the flesh, but walking. In, it's a choice walking. But what does walking, um, what is the connotation of the word walk when you think about it? Forward. Okay. But we can also walk backward, can't we? Yeah. But the, to change locations. One step at a time. Walking is step by step, and that is such a beautiful picture of the um, dependency we have on God. It's not, okay, Kathy, have a great new year. It's no, Kathy, have a great new moment. It's step by step. Walk with me in this moment, and I'm going to change your moment. Have you ever been with somebody, or, or think of the people in your life in, 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 uh, in last year, and you're around that person and they change you? Have you all experienced that? Sure. Because we are very, we are very much influenced by the people we hang with. And you know, if you hang with a complainer, what happens? If you hang with a gossiper, what happens? But what happens when you when you hang with um, someone who's always an encourager, someone who always is positive, someone who always lifts you up, and you walk away thinking, oh, I had such a great time. It's the influence of being with a person. When Jesus says, walk with me, yoke up with me, that means step by step. There's an acknowledgement, and there's, um, there's not just the perception that he is with me, 
but there's actually a camaraderie. That's why I gave you the cookie I gave you, because I believe all of your cookies came with two, your packages came with two cookies, which on the one, there's the scripture, though, there's the Holy Bible. Our faith, my sweet camaraderie with my Lord is all established with my faith. That being the case, where does faith come from? Now, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. And girls, we can have ten Bibles, and we can be faithful to every church service, but that's more than the Lord says, no, I want you to walk with me. So in your cookie, you got the wrong cookie. you got to get one with the, here, take this one, but um, who's got their cookie out? In Ella's cookie, she has, yes, the word of God. And in this new year, we've got to choose to be in the word of God more than we were last year. That could be one of the things, one of the regrets. If you're not memorizing scripture today, if you're not putting God's word in your head, David writes, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not. I'm setting myself up to live in the old way if I'm not putting God's word in my head in a fresh new way today. So anyways, the cookies that you receive, you have a little one. This little one fits on the rim of your coffee cup or your teacup or your styrofoam cup. It fits on there. It is symbolic of your taking time to sit down and have time in Scripture, to have time with your Lord. Because, girls, we cannot wing it. We cannot do it on the fly. A relationship with our wonderful Heavenly Father is so much more than just this. It's more than just having my Bible and coming to church and knowing that I'm born again and someday I'm going to go to heaven. That's not new. That's not living new. And life, somebody's very sad. Who is that? Yeah, every mother, every mother looks around. Who is that? <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> is it mine? Is it mine? <clears throat> they will be fine. They will be fine. <laughs> yeah. And so, so with this promise of living new, it's, it's, the, um, it's the idea of, Lord, every moment I want to know that I'm with you. You know, even, that, and that's what love is. That is what love is. Even though I'm not with the, you know how happy I was when I saw his face, you know. I mean, that's just because even after all these years, <laughs> I am so in love with that man. And I don't have to be with him to feel the love. I don't have to be um, doing something with him to know that I am so loved, to anticipate seeing his face, to look forward to beating him in dominoes tomorrow. You know, you know it's, it's all there because it's, it's the history. That is our Heavenly Father. When I am in his word and his word is in me, I take that with me. And so when I pray, Lord, I just want to experience your presence in every step of my day to day. It's an on purpose choice to live new. And when I make that choice, it then protects me. It First of all, on the positive side of it, it enables me to live new because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and me for the purpose of reminding me, Kathy, you're a new creature. Old things, old things, number two things, Repetitive things, natural things, they're passed away. Behold, I make all things new. And then in the, um, um, the other aspect of it is the fact that it protects me. 
It protects me from being the person I naturally am. I am naturally a liar. All of us are. God's word in my head, in my heart, convicts me. And we're going to talk about some ways in which, okay, when we fall into the natural ways, what do we do? God's word convicts me and says, Kathy, you're living old. I did not create you to live old. I created you to live new. You get to live new. Tell the lady next to you, you get to live new. And by the way, it's not for, yeah, yeah. And some of us are not very new anymore. And that promise is really, really sweet. Because I don't have to live old. I get to live new. So anyways, let me get into this a little bit deeper. Um, I have 2 Corinthians 5.17. And God's word says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Isaiah 43.19. Isn't that beautiful, girls? Behold, behold. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like drop the mic, okay? (laughs) Bang. That's behold. Behold. God says, wake up to the fact. I can do anything. And I can do anything in your life, Kathy. And I can do anything in Elisa's life. And I can do anything in Ellie's life. And I can do anything in Colleen's life. Colleen's got a surgery. I can do everything, Colleen. And And that's our Heavenly Father. And I get to live new because of that promise for the future and that promise for that next man. And you know what? Another thing that I just love about this before we get into problem solving and solutions. I love the fact that my old moment of five minutes ago or five years ago doesn't have to determine me today. Satan loves to beat us over the head with regrets or with guilt. Matter of fact, every one of you can recall every name you've ever been called. Yes, we can. We never forget it. We never forget it. And, and that negativity can so determine who I am today if I live unto that opinion or unto that name. And, and what, I, what I have found so free is this. You must find God's opinion about what he calls you. First of all, you know what he calls you as a child of God? Daughter. Daughter of the Most High. And then I tell you what else he calls you and me. Forgiven. Just as if I had never sinned. That's a cleanness and a newness that you and I get to live with every single day, regardless of that oldness. The old year. Karen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know, Karen. I know. I'm so, yeah. <laughs> Sure. Various moments. Right. Instantly. Claiming God's word and and freeing me from knowing that how you believe that Satan is trying to Amen. And it, and it works. There's not one of us alive that does not have regret. And it can be little and it can be big. And it does not matter. God's forgiveness, he's so clear about that, about you know, putting it where he cannot see it separating it as far as the east is from the west. You can't get at any further point. And there's nothing like living forgiven. And sometimes what we do, and I think especially as women, 
is we have these labels and these names and these regrets and these um, wrong choices in our life, and we give our own selves a name. Maybe it's a name somebody has said, but we keep naming ourselves that, whatever it might be. And then we live with a chip on our shoulder because we're not living with God's opinion. I'm living with my own opinion. Remember two weeks ago, we're our own worst Grinch. We steal our joy. Circumstances do not steal my joy. Um, People do not steal my joy. We keep stuck there because we keep blaming them, but I steal my own joy as I believe. Who am I going to believe? And if God says, I am forgiven, and if God says, you are my child, and if God says, I have made you brand new, then God forbid I live unto the opinion either of my own self or somebody else's opinion because of a failure, because of a regret. And and now let's get into some problem solving because this is so victorious. This is huge. Um, First of all, it is only in Christ. Now here's, we didn't finish that lesson two weeks ago, and I'm going to go into those solutions. But understand, you had a jar, a cookie jar, two weeks ago that had joy inside. First of all, you had life inside only because you had Christ. This is the only, otherwise, we are, we are living in the deadness of our sin. We don't even have life before Christ. Now, because we've received Jesus as our Savior, there's life inside, but often we don't live full of joy. We don't live full of newness. We live full of angst and irritation. And Oh, you're going to love this irritation one. I love it because I guess because often I live with irritation, and praise God, the Holy Spirit convicts me about it, and I confess it, and then I live a new moment. And there's just nothing like the Spirit of God working in your life. Because every day can be irritating. Every day can be hard. Life is a taker. It is not a giver. God is the only giver. And this fallen life, this is very politically incorrect, and I apologize to any Indian in here, but life is an Indian giver. Okay, what it gives, it takes back. There is nothing we have in this life that won't be taken back. Our health, our children, our relationships, my mind, my abilities, my talents, my resources, it's all going to be taken back. That's what's so beautiful about giving them to God. Every day, giving them all to God. He keeps them. He writes it down. Oh, I wish I had time to go into Malachi. But you know, this brain that's getting harder and harder to use, this brain, it's going to be taken away. But you know what I can do with my brain today? I can think on these things. And I can rehearse to the people I'm with God's goodness. And you know what it says in Malachi? I love this. See, I am taking time to do this because it's so good. God says, oh, and it's it's um, the prelude to what God is going to say. It's about religious people just going through the motions. And then religious people, see, back then it would be the, um, it'd be the priests. It would be the pastors and the pastors' wives, and it would be all those who call themselves, you know, who, who are in this position of supposedly loving and honoring God. And in Malachi, you know what they were all saying? This is what they were all saying. These are the preachers and the preacher's wives. It's such a weariness. Yeah. It's so wearisome to serve God. It is of 
no value because can you imagine our wonderful God who's done all he can do to convince us of his love and that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And here's the Christians going, oh, it's so hard. This is the Malachi. So then God writes in response to this, and this is so beautiful. He says, but there were a few. There were a few who called on my name and talked about me and thought about me. And you know what God does? He says, I write it down. Study it. It's the last chapter of Malachi. I think it's three, but I'm not positive about that. God came up with the first baby book. You know how when your baby took that first step, said that first word, and we took pictures and we wrote it down and yada, yada? This is what our Father's doing in every step of walking in that newness of life. He's writing it down. Colleen shared the goodness of God with somebody today. Kathy gave a track out as she bought paint at I don't know where I'm at. Where's the paint store? Yeah, 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 Sherwin-Williams. And you know what? The man who's been working there for a year and a half said, yeah, he'll consider coming. God, God writes it down. And then you know what he does with what he writes down? Now, my baby books are all in the basement, you know, collecting dust, not God's baby book. God's baby book on Deb, God's baby book on Leslie. It's right there, and then he says, one day I will make jewels from them. Now, here's KJV, and we are so off of our Sunday school lesson. This is Kathy Jackson version. I cannot substantiate this with God's word, but I, this is what I believe. God's word says he's going to make jewels. They will be my jewels. What are we going to do when we fall down and say, thank you? What are we going to do, girls? We're going to give him what? Uh-huh. What do crowns have in them? Uh-huh. Yeah. And to know that this day, just by honoring God with my lips and my thoughts, God is so moved when we think on him. That breaks my heart and blesses my heart. But it shows you how filled our minds can be with just the trite, with the everyday, with the living, with the responsibilities, with the burdens. And then on purpose, because we have purpose in our heart, that this new year is not going to be lived in the old way. It's going to be lived brand new. And I can think right now, and how do we think on God? And how do we correspond? And how do we communicate with God? In the, in the way that the New Testament is filled with singing, sing unto the Lord a new song, give thanks, rejoice, especially in those hard moments. When I activate my faith and I don't understand, I still don't understand why Colleen's surgery didn't happen in 2019. But I'm not going to stay stuck in that old thinking that, that all that does is feed doubt. I'm going to say God's in control. God doeth all things well. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. There's a reason and there is a purpose for Colleen's surgery date to be right where it's at. God knows. God knows, and it's those power statements. And when you and I live in response moment by moment like that, especially to the hard, hurtful things, uh, you know, my penmanship is so horrible. God's penmanship is perfect. Nobody's going to have trouble reading it. And God writes it down. Is that amazing? And that we can have a day produced that God is writing it down, that someday it's going to become our jewels, that when we don't know what 
and how to say thank you. what you did for me. Lord, I give it back to you. Thank you. So that's what we can do even today. Um, oh, and there's so many other ways in which we can honor and walk and talk with our Lord. But it's just that if it seems so foreign to you, it's because you're not doing it. Once you start participating in walking and talking with God, moment by moment, step by step, it changes your day. It makes it brand new. I'm not stuck in living to the old. Let's get into some problem solving just before we leave. Um, what on this New Year Sunday um, can I do or can I stop doing that keeps me stuck in living the old way? Uh, there are three things here. Probably won't get through these either. Number one, first of all, number one, for me to live new today, I've got to confess my lack of using God's grace when life confronts me. I've got to stop. I've got to confess my lack of when, when I respond incorrectly to bad news or disappointment or criticism or anything else, when I respond in a wrong way, in a carnal way, in a natural way that comes so easily, the first thing I need to do is confess that to the Lord. If I don't confess the Lord, I blew it. I blew it. I was wrong. If I don't do that, what am I going to continue to do, girls? I'm going to continue responding wrong, but even worse than that, I'm just going to keep excusing why I said what I said or why my tone was the way my tone was. I'm going to give myself way too much rope if I don't confess it. God says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. God says, forgiving my enemies and doing good to them that despitefully use me. That right, yada, 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 all over Facebook and Twitter. God has a beautiful way of teaching me his grace. It's simple, but it's never easy. And unless I first confess it as sin, I'm just going to keep excusing it. It keeps me stuck in the old. I'm going to keep on giving myself way too much latitude. Um... Or, by the way, it's all rooted in pride. Um, when life confronts me, see, and God wants to use the unpleasant things in my life to teach me more about himself. Satan wants to use it to destroy our faith, to um, discourage our faith. God wants to use it to build our faith. Matter of fact, that's why Paul said, I glory in my tribulations. I'm not there, but I love that example. I get excited, Paul says, when life is hard. Because you know why? He knew he was going to see the power of Christ. Now, I know that, too. It just takes me longer to get there. I can't get excited. My first response team is always fleshly. It's always natural. It's always the old. But praise God for the Holy Spirit that says, child, change the next moment. By changing your words right now, confess. So number one, learn to confess our natural Lack of using God's grace when life confronts us in a negative way. It's our pridefulness. You know when somebody finds fault with you? Okay, last week, did anybody find fault with the way you did something or didn't do something? Okay, that's life, right? Now, was your first response was, oh, good, I'm so glad you told me about that. I, this is really good for me. I wish you would do this more often. 
No, it's totally opposite, which reveals why we are so resistant to confrontation, to being corrected. Clint, it, by the way, it's the biggest sign of immaturity. A person that cannot be corrected is very, very immature. You see that Clint in his sweet little immaturity. I mean, he can, when I correct him, it's just, it's terrible. Now, it didn't used to be because I had a lot of steps, but, you know, we are in a very relaxed mode now. And so when I say, Clint, you didn't do this right, <laughs> you know, I said, now, Clint, you don't have to get upset about it. Let me show you how this needs to be done. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. And it is a picture of us. When we are corrected by somebody inside, <gasps> and, and immediately, what do we do? We bring up all their lack of, all their failures. And it keeps us stuck in our mind in living in a very old, decaying way. And God says, I didn't accomplish all this for you to live old. So, number one. Um, understand that when we are corrected, it is God wanting to use this to change me, to make me more like him. So first of all, I must confess my lack of using God's grace when life or people confront me. I confess it by 1 John 1, 9. Um, my daily prayer needs to be, David, search me, O God. Search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. This is hugely productive. Okay, then um, number two, we make little of our own sin. I kind of covered that that week. We were t uh, two weeks ago, so I'm not going to cover that again. Uh, the next one was we tend to doubt the wisdom of God's law. This is huge in our life. Um, Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is what? Death. Death. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk ourselves and justify anything we want to do, anything. And until, and this is, again, why it's so important I'm in God's word every day because he will instruct me of what's right and what's wrong and everything in between. Um, Trina and I memorized this. I don't think I can recall it correctly right now, but it's, called, it's entitled The Misty Flats. Look it up. It's called, um, there's a highway and there's a low and it talks about different people, and it's all in rhyme, and I love it. Um, but most do not pick the high or the low. Most simply drift in the misty flats. And that's where we live so often. We don't on purpose choose, and then we, when we don't on purpose choose, we just live in the misty flats, and we, we really don't have direction. Um, here's the one I want to talk to you about, irritation, then we'll close. So understand that what we do when you find yourself justifying or you don't know if it's right or if it's wrong and everybody else is doing it, so why is it so wrong? Get into God's word and find out what God says about it. Get some godly counsel. We see good fundamental churches slipping into worldliness as never before. Never before. It breaks my heart because of the next generation. And I don't want to spend any more time there, but I'm sure we'll get back to it. By the way, if you have a friend who's always living on the edge, 
You need to find a new friend. Because they're going to influence you more than you are going to influence them. And there is no friend like Jesus. And there will be times in your life where maybe he is your only friend. It's okay. Number three, we live focused on other people's wrongs more than our own. Okay, now here's the biggest indicator. I am not living new when I'm always finding fault mentally or even verbally. Here's your biggest indicator. Here's my biggest indicator. I'm irritated. Okay? I'm irritated. Now, as women, we, we can be more affected by this just by the day of the month that it is. Okay? Understand that if I'm irritated, there's something that the Lord wants to teach me. And often when I'm irritated, I'm seeing what everybody else doesn't do right or or how they have failed, or why this just isn't fair. Um, And it's so easy to be highly irritated with people that I then regularly excuse in myself, just in a very trite way. Oh, they're always late. Oh, they're always late. They're never on time. But then when I'm late, oh, well, this was was only because, and, you know, well, I needed to, we, we excuse what we become so highly irritated in others. So understand, here's the solution to this. And it is going back to Ephesians 4.32. Get up every day excited about giving God's grace to others. This is so refreshing on a January day that it's dark. Get excited about giving God's grace to somebody to everybody that you deal with in your day, your students, your boss, um, your husband, your children, that neighbor. Get excited about giving them grace. What that does, it inoculates me against the natural irritation that I feel when somebody doesn't do something right or when somebody isn't thoughtful or when somebody's curt or somebody's um, silent. Look for opportunities to be a blessing. Um, this, is, this is such an important thing in our Christianity. Rather than give criticism or correction, give kindness. This has to do with tone. I've read over and over again that issues between husbands and wives that are arguments have 90% to do with tone and 10% have to do with content. It's the way, it's the body posture, it's the tone, it's the eyeballs that conveys disdain or, you know, whatever. 10% of it is contact. So, so, Lord, I can't wait for that confrontation to come so I can show your kindness. You want to live brand new this afternoon. Something's going to happen that's going to irritate you. <laughs> Understand that that irritation is God's venue for simply making you to live new. I'm not stuck in responding the way I, my mother always responded. <laughs> you know, yaddy, yaddy, yeah, <laughs> no, no. You know, that's the, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm like my mother, I'm like my father. We use those excuses. No, I'm like me. And God says, I created you to be like me. So I hope those are helpful things on this January Sunday. I want you to do this. I want you to, I want you to choose to live new. You can. 
You've got to get into God's word. If you have not, if you look back even in this new year of last week and you are not in God's word every day spending time with him, you're going to be a repetition of last year. You don't want that. We get to live new. So take that with you. All righty. God bless you. Raise to choir if you're in choir.